You're listening to Season 4 of Views from the Bridge, your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union. We are a part of the Beautiful Game Network. For soccer podcasts, writing, and any other content, visit bgn.fm. Let's get right to it. Do we want to be a good team, or do we want to be f***ing great? Hey everybody, welcome to Views from the Bridge. Uh, it is as favorite of a podcast as the team that we talk about is going to finish in league standings from the looks of things, which is to say it's your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union. Hiya, um, good to see you, good to be seen um, in an auditory level. Uh, mathematically, for me, most of you, I'm your host, Evan Valala here. Um, who else is here? Having a crisis, um, having a bad time, needing to put his mouse pad in the washing machine and then the dryer, which is not a thing that I thought about ever doing before tonight. Chuck Booth's here. I, did, I never said I put it in the dryer. Like, why would you do that? That I, would just man, ruin I don't, everything. Man, I didn't even know that you could put it in the washer before <laughs> five minutes ago, so <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how any of this works because <laughs> I'm not the sloppy one here, and I don't spill box wine on my mouse pad before we start recording. I don't either. Things just happen. Mm. Well, all right. Uh, speaking of things happening, he's our West Coast correspondent. It's Justin Ashcraft. Hey, what's up, Evan? How are you? West Coast meaning the center of Pennsylvania. Uh, uh, west west to us? I don't know. I don't know. West Coast uh, meaning so, an hour and a half west of Philly. You know, whatever. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That might as well be a different country at that point. Uh, no, doing all right, man. How are, how are you? How are things? I'm great. I'm great. Brilliant, brilliant. Um... I don't know. Um, huh. Cap, Captain of Sporting Serotonin. It's Paul Catrino Jr. He's here. They're they're off to a flyer, by the way, beginning of the season. So yeah, that's been nice for you undefeated guys. Undefeated through yeah. four games, top Ooh. of the table, and yeah. we've enjoyed pretty much every second of it. How it's long until fun. the impending crash, if I may? It doesn't even matter if it comes, man. Like, mm. if we get promoted, that's actually going to be a bit scary because then those teams will be a lot better. <laughs> uh, that yeah. we're playing now might not yeah. have as good of a time playing in those so, games if we get promoted. But uh, is your goal to like be good enough, but not good enough to get promoted? Good enough, so that way you know what you're. You can kind of stay at the level that you're at, and there's no expectations. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I think I might want to be like the most dominant. Division seven champion ever. So what we'll do is we'll get promoted and then yeah. like Coast. immediately relegated in the next season, and then just go back down to seven and get promoted again from set. Like right, the we'll yo-yo win, we'll club, win the seventh the, division, the Norwich, the Norwich City, if you will, of Casa. Now this hasn't been cleared by my board. I I only have so much power in sporting serotonin, but well, we'll we'll see. You got a lot of the serotonin though. And, hey, guys, good news. Speaking of things that gave us serotonin, Philadelphia Union uh, 5, Orlando City 1 on Saturday, September 10th. Uh, Against the reigning Open Cup champions. Yeah, then they got smacked. Uh, There would have been a riot at Subaru Park if the Union did not score five goals, or I guess four uh, and an own goal. But luckily, that came to fruition. So, um, a very good and very clean and very dominant win over uh, a team that gets a trophy this year, and maybe not a playoff spot, but who knows. I mean, in reality, Orlando should be glad that uh, that uh, Sacramento decided to just knock out every other MLS club in the Open Cup. Yeah. <laughs> in the Open Cup competition, and that's why they were able to win Open Cup. Except for they beat us, but that's fine. We won't talk about it. Yeah, um, I mean, whatever. Yeah. Where are they sitting in the table right now? Not top of the table. Somewhere so. below first, I think. I don't know. It all blends together. Yeah. Hey, Alejandro Bedoya scored in that game. He did. Yeah. Yeah. That was nuts. Uh, that was nuts. That was crazy. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, Evan. Oh, sorry, that was nuts. Right, fine. It was nuts. I, I yep. All right. Had to leave yeah. the game after his yeah. goal. Yeah. It was, what did he yeah. hurt? No, I. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Paul. Um, I used to write comedy. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. 
<laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so glad you're here. You're a valued member of this podcast <laughs> and of society. And um, I, I want to go on the record. I'll just say it. Uh, I love you as a person. Oh, yeah. Not after he's contractually obligated seconds, to say this, but I, you know, obligated seems a little bit a little bit harsh, but you know, it is in there. Uh, Chuck, save us from ourselves. What what happened in this game that you liked? And the union just did what was expected. Like. Orlando came into this game on short rest, then the general consensus was that the Union were going to beat them by multiple goals, and they did just that. Like, it's it's kind of just like every other dominant Union win where it's like everyone did everything that they were supposed to. It's fun that um, Matinho also got charged with an own goal during Mm -hmm. the game. But, yeah, I mean, outside of that, like business as usual. It was. It's hard to talk. Sometimes with these games, it's hard to talk about them because it's like, well, they They did the thing they were supposed to do and they won the game. Hey, Jack Elliott scored a great header or whatever. And then you're just kind of like, and that was, that was good. Um, I don't know, the one that might take up a little bit more of our time, the Philadelphia Union escape Atlanta and then limp their way, I guess, kind of into the um, CONCACAF Champions League after a nil-nil draw against Atlanta that probably should have been an Atlanta United win where they put up six shots on target, we put up zero. Uh, Andre Blake is pretty, pretty good at soccer. And our front three were pretty, pretty bad on AstroTurf. So it's good that they won't see a whole lot of that the next couple weeks. Yeah, with that game, it's just honestly, it's just so impressive. Both Andre Blake and Jack Elliott um, just, again, establishing themselves more as the best at their respective positions Uh um, with just absolute game-saving performances time and time again. Uh, I, I, I really just don't know what happened in this game. Uh, Cause like, yeah, the, the turf might be an issue, but Atlanta is just such a weird team because Uh they do find like, a lot of times to look just really good and then still nothing comes from it. So it's good that the union were able to escape with a draw, even though unfortunately it did give LAFC um, control of the supporters shield race again. Yeah. I mean, this game's hard, right? I think, uh, I think I heard Curtin say after the game, Something the effect of like, you know, the union used to go into that building and be like, oh, good luck not getting killed tonight. Mm. You know, and something about the fans being like, hey, like, dude, take it, take, take it a little bit easy on us uh, tonight, you know. And I mean, that just shows what the union have done this season. And, sure. You know, having um, not only the most six goal, six plus goal wins ever, but the first team to, ever do it four times and we've done it four times in one season. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, it just shows how good the union have been this season that in the, I mean, Chuck, yeah, it's hard to know what exactly happened in that game. This turf could have been an issue or something or other, but I mean, honestly, it felt like in some ways that this game was played by half the team. Like the defense played the game. The offense just kind of forgot that they were playing a soccer game. And I like, I'm not sure what happened. You know, it, like I said, it definitely could have been the turf. It definitely could have been, um, I mean, it could have just been an off game, you know, who knows, uh, when you get used to a team scoring six goals, it's going to be hard anytime there's a scoreless draw. But I think, yeah, I mean, it just felt like it was played by half the team. The defense was playing decently well. The forwards were not. Yeah, I mean, 
it, five shots has to be like the least taken by the union in like three, basically three months, right? Yeah, has to be. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they. I mean, I guess just by scoring goals, they wouldn't have zero shots on target in a long time. <clears throat> so that's a fun one. Paul, thoughts, comments, concerns? Yeah, I mean, you're going to have one of these on the way there. Like, it's just, it's got to happen at some point. It's yeah. going to happen against Atlanta. It'll be annoying, but I said that should have been a loss. I mean, it, it post three times. Come on. Yeah. That's, yeah. you got lucky. Unlucky. You got your point. You got out. And, yeah, I mean, this, this is a spoiled year. Union oh, fans. God. Um, beyond spoiled. So Chuck found something. Yeah. <laughs> um mm. so what was what do you think Leon Flock's passing percentage was in that game? <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, Can I I, uh, I wanna yeah. set the over. Okay. I set the over at seventy two percent. Chuck, would it be a really good expected goal total? Like, would it be a good goal conversion rate? Well, I mean, that'd be impossible because the good goal conversion rate is like twenty percent. Right. So not that. <laughs> so like, so like, uh, I'll say under Paul. I'll say like sixty-four. Justin, I don't, I don't know. It was not. It was not good, whatever Justice it was. Just like bad. It feels bad. I I'll I'll throw you a bone. It wasn't the worst on the team. <laughs> what was the worst on the team? <laughs> well, the worst on the team was Nathan Harriel playing thirteen minutes. Uh, all okay. right. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. So what was what was Leon Fla- tell us, Chuck, Six- it was Lee Sixty one percent. He completed sixty one percent. Of his passes, how from many? Of his, how many passes? Critical. Um, I'm not counting that because I'm on MLS, oh, so I only see the percentages and not the actual things. But there are a lot, a lot of, of red going on there uh, in that heat map. Yeah, it's it's not great. It looks like Christmas. So that probably sounds like a bit of an issue from why they didn't get anything out of that Atlanta game. Um, I mean, to, at least to be fair, mm. only one, two, three, four, five, six, six players topped 70% Yikes. for their passing completion percentage in the game. Well, if you're only going to have 40% of the ball or whatever it was, that's never great when you can't string your passes together. Especially when you watch this Union team, like, just Play subconsciously really know yeah. where the other player is and don't have to look at them to pass the ball. Like, the interchange in the home games that you're seeing is so gorgeous. You never would have expected Union soccer to look this good. Eh, they can still get dragged into a fight if they have to, I guess. But yeah, yeah, I think. I mean, I think that's what's frustrating me, frustrating for me with this team, because there are two, maybe three teams that I just don't enjoy watching the Union play. Montreal. I, Montreal was my maybe three. Okay, but New England, Atlanta, Atlanta, and Columbus are my two that I. Oh, very I just, good. Okay, I don't I, like. I just don't enjoy watching the Union play them, and it's like. But the the nice thing is the tables have turned in the fact that it used to be I didn't enjoy watching them because I know we're going to get blown out, and unless we bring the fight to the game, it's going to be a bad game. But now I know that we can be better than both those teams, mm-hmm. and we just don't seem to be able to do it. And it just uh, seems like every time we play them, it's a scrappy yeah. fight, and I don't particularly enjoy watching that. Montreal's at the top of my list for that that we're just doing now, only because without anyone fact-checking it, and I don't care, so don't add us, but... 
You could tell me every game that's ever existed between the Union and the Montreal Impact has ended like one nil, and I believe you. <laughs> yeah, somebody's I mean, definitely my... going to fact no. check that. Oh, sure, and I know I'm wrong, so I don't uh-huh. care. But like, it just feels that way. Montreal <laughs> are up there because of that three three draw years back being like rock bottom for the Union. Mm. Mm. But I, unfortunately, uh, the COVID season has put um, New England oh, number yeah. one, and it's oh, yeah. and most times I kind of hate watching this team play Orlando. Although mm-hmm. that wasn't the case with this one short rest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if what just happened didn't just happen, Orlando was top like, list, top of the list. For sure. Who's, who's your, like, number two there, Paul? Uh, Montreal. Yeah, nice. Yeah, okay. Montreal games are very um, frustrating. I was, just, uh, I was just up there in Canada, and I, like, got to see the aftermath of a game. It was like, uh, this is really cool. I, get, mm-hmm. I guess I respect their fans a bunch, but, man, I hate playing mm-hmm. you guys so much. Yeah. I Like, I love Stad Saputo, and, like, their fan base are always very nice enough, I guess. But, like, just, yeah. it's not... It, and it's gotten better with, with the coaching change, and I, I think just Montreal being a little bit better of a team as far as quality goes, but it's always like, uh, I'm all right. Like, uh, I'm, uh, I can, I'll catch that. I hate seeing them I, on the schedule, because it's yeah. like, this is going to have to be a slog of a game. Like, it's not going to look it's, pretty at all. And it's just different, like, because, um, like, I think about other teams, like, uh, not only because they're probably, like, rival, the rival feeling, but, like, Playing playing Red Bull is just fun. Like it's a chess mm. match every time. It's enjoyable to watch. It's like who's gonna win, you know, that sort of thing. Um, the couple times that we played LF, LAFC has been super fun. You know, it's it's the times that we have gotten to play them. It's been hey, these are two of the best teams in the league going toe to toe against each other and both playing fairly well. Um, and so it's just frustrating, like, it's just frustrating having these games on the schedule where you're just like, no matter who it is, really, who you're just like, um, like, this is going to be frustrating. No matter what the outcome is, it's going to be frustrating and I'm going to hate it. (laughs) And yeah. And like, I, I mean, I sense it with all the teams we've been talking about. I like Montreal, Montreal is definitely one of those teams that I look at the schedule. I'm like, eh, I don't. Do I even want to really want to watch the game? <laughs> you know, do I even really want to watch? Um, and like, I, I even think back to uh, uh, the playoff game against Nashville last year. It's so fun, so fun. Like watching two good teams play each other. Um, and so it's just some of these games are just frustrating to watch for sure. I think the bar oh, yeah. needs to be like a bit clear in that too, like because there are those like there's teams you can't ever beat. And that's frustrating, but they're still good games. And then there's like teams that, you know, the the results are like back and forth. But every time you watch them, it's like a hideous game. And you're like, I didn't enjoy how this result happened, even if it was like four to nothing. That's I, I think that's where like the meter sits for me. Is like, is the game going to be hideous to watch? Like, so, um, if you're going by like absolute bogey team, shouldn't it be the Chicago Fire? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, see, I don't mind Union playing against. Does. No, like, not that. Not that you mind playing against the fire. You just know it's going to be a fucked result for the union. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the like twilight zone of results. Because it's funny when you say that about DC. It's like, no, I like playing DC. Like those are really fun games. Then you get Chicago. It's like they're the next step up from the basement. You're like, oh. <laughs> These guys, are you kidding? Chicago's like that, like the bottle of water that's half drunk in your car that like gets left out when you're at work, <laughs> and then you come back and you're like, "Yeah, I, I get like this will be. It's not gonna be refreshing, but I guess it's. I guess I'll do this, and then like you kind of Hopefully finish I don't it get like, poisoned. Shouldn't drink well, that water, Evan. That 30 minutes in a hot but... car forever in a landfill. The more you know. That water's going to kill you. Are we going back to like 
what was your gimmick last year? Bad health advice, whatever that bullshit was. <laughs> we were in a pandemic hey. and we needed tips. Speaking, I can't do it with that. Uh, hey, speaking of tips, I have tips on how the Philadelphia Union captured the supporter shield in their last couple of matches. I saved it. Don't worry. Uh, a, a win does it. Sorry, not supporter shield. What am I doing? The First East. seed in the East to capture the supporter shield. They actually need help. First seed in the East, they can do it themselves. Just win a game or two draws, and their next league match is against Charlotte. So, like, you know. That might happen. Should work out. Uh, yeah. Uh, or also Montreal drawing or losing. Um, Again. In either game. Uh, I didn't get there. Thank you. Of course. No problem. Hey, you know, if you call them the Montreal Impact, Google doesn't care, which is how I feel about the rebrand as a whole. Um, DC United <laughs> or Inner Miami. Mm. So. So Miami's going to win 3-2 in, like, the 80th with a stupid Yeah, and then D.C. United's best player doing a racism is probably going to prevent them from winning that game. Or uh-huh. the I have, other one. But I have many friends of culture. Yeah, what was it? Cultures. I have friends in many cultures. <laughs> like, oh, okay. He did cultures. it. He did it. He, so, said, he said the line. Yeah. Yeah, that... Uh, I yeah. mean, that was particularly annoying because I... Because of the weekend and then Spain spent three consecutive days writing about racism in soccer Um, because of the good old um, monkey chants at Vinicius Jr. And then Taxi coming out with this and um, a very small group of DC United fans that's unfortunately extremely loud online. Mm-hmm. Um, basically being like, well, why are you um, crucifying this person? Or Damien Lowe, who's never done a bad thing in his life that we know of, um, is making up this entire situation just so that he didn't get a red card, even though the elbow is irrelevant to the entire situation um it's just like absolutely ridiculous that we're still here in every part of the globe if they're not if they're not going to meet it head on and they're not going to like actually take these kinds of punishments seriously i just i i don't foresee a slowing down with all of this passive action that happens on it. And it's a goddamn shame because it doesn't deserve to happen to these players. They're living their fucking dream and they're making millions of people happy. It's one person, one person's harsh words and hatred can completely derail a player's like mindset. I mean, it's, it's what we preach at serotonin, man. Like it, it cannot ever get to that point in competition just can't yeah and it's frustrating too because like it's not that fifa won't take action or couldn't take action they have their russia's not playing in the world cup so like they can take action and they could do what they need to do and they could do what they want to do you know i mean i mean brighton just got a world-class coach because the team that he was coaching can't play in UEFA stuff anymore. So like, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's frustrating that they, they, they can do things about it because they're doing it with Russia, but they won't do things in this situation or won't do enough in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. Enough, enough for sure. Because, like, even, I don't know, like, there's not enough on the line for DC United as the team that plays soccer the rest of the year for, like, Taxi getting suspended for two games to, like, mean anything. Right. And And then at that point, like, if you give them five or six and it carries over in the next year, that doesn't matter either because three games does not make or break your season. Like, I mean, I think the yeah, I think the minimum does have to be 
six and like a requirement of like taking a course along with everything as well. Yeah. Because I don't like while yes, DC can take initiative to cut taxi mm. over this. Let's be real. They're not going to, and MLS also isn't going to make them. Mm. Um, but it definitely does need to be a longer suspension, yep. but based on what we've already seen in um, Diego Chara's situation, there will probably be nothing because based on where it is, there supposedly are no recordings of what was said. Although there is, there is officially a league investigation that we will see whatever happens with. Hope they're not um, wearing their blindfolds when they go to investigate. Because <laughs> this one's pretty straightforward. Hey, speaking of things that are pretty straightforward, well, I guess we'll talk about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can take that one back real quick. Well, no, I, I, I mean, a so MLS sucks because I have to find this year's twenty two hundred twenty two because when I clicked on the first thing I clicked on it was. Oh, just go to just oh, just go to Tom Bog Bogart's profile. <laughs> He's yeah, tweeted it out like five times. Right. <laughs> you know, and we love the hustle for Tom as a guy. Actually, can I can I hot take no reason someone's catching a stray for this? Uh, oh my god! <laughs> no, wait! Whoa, 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 whoa! Slow down, slow down. Do you want to take extra like, time? Three extra time. No, no, I'm going to say it. Extra time podcast opinion. I think Bogart's a lot better than Weeby on that show. I agree. Thank you. <clears throat> anyway, but I'm biased. Uh, so, but I am biased because uh, well, I, I mean, love Tom. But also, but also, Tom's not the host. His job but is I... to be better. <laughs> well, all right. I mean, that's a really harsh way to say what I just said. But I was the one. That was like, oh, you want to think about that? Where Chuck over here is like, well, he's just better at his job. And it's like, oh. no, that's not. That's not what I said. <laughs> that is definitely what he just said. We're the good talkers. <laughs> right, right. Okay. No, that's what Chuck yeah, no. to say. I get it. I get yeah, it. But yeah. no, but that literally a host's job is to just... To be bad. Steer I understand the rest, what you're saying. No, yes, steer the rest of the podcast into spewing absolute heat for the whole game. Yeah, and by doing that, you're apparently saying that I also have to give up the right to be good. Which, honestly, Chuck, I've been podcasting for many years, and I think I've been the worst one all the time. <laughs> So I think by that, like, logic, I'm the best podcast host in American soccer. I cannot wait for them to give me that freaking trophy. Oh, Dude, so it is good. coming. It is in the mail. I have got the tracking number. It is not coming to me. It is made of um, plastic. Mm-hmm. It is $18, like the WNBA Listen, uh, MVP. That's, well, that's, a, that's okay. Since a thing, we can find one for you. That's a... Um, that's okay. The union have used a plastic trophy before. It's totally fine. It's okay. true. I actually know what? That's true. I know a guy that, that we can get a plastic trophy from. Anyway, thanks, oh, everybody. Wait. Hold I on. found no, it. No, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, you did yeah. find it. Uh, uh, no, this is in relation to the, pl the shield. Um, since we had an issue with the shield last time where we had to make our own, LA yeah. should be forced to have to call Chris Evans and bring his Captain America shield from set to the stadium if they win it. And the real shield should be sent to us just so speaking, it can be used as a plate for a Delisandro's cheesesteak. Speaking of Chris Evans, I, I am, and Justin, I promise, this is, we're getting somewhere with this. Woo. I watched Not Another <laughs> Teen Movie this morning. That's a great film. And well, and speaking of teens, three people under twenty-two from the Philadelphia Union made the MLS twenty-two under twenty-two. Wow. Presented by Body Armor, free plug for them. Um, yeah. This well, and, and here's where the contention is. So to narrow it down, you can find the list. Uh, I guess if you want, good luck because it took me five fucking minutes. But never mind. Uh, sponsored by 10, Body Armor. Sponsored Pick it up by Body in Armor. Skyrim. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jack McGlynn, number 10, Paxton Aarons, number 12, Leon Flock, number 14. The Union have the most players on this list, three. Uh, guys, 
we talked about a little bit in that in that group DM we have going on on the on the bird app. I don't think Leon should be fourteen. I, I, no. Yeah, I mean, I, John I, Tolkien he, can get the hell out at six too. By the way. <laughs> well, just I mean, there's no way that Leon should be the lowest ranked union player on the yeah. list. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, just um, a little bit. <laughs> like, I mean, I get, I get at least, I get, I get the top nine being there ahead of him, but there's no, there's no way on the season. Yeah. Without recency bias, that you can put Jack McGlynn above Leon. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> but but it's like Jack McGlynn got a good ranking at ten. Great, and I and I and while I understand that yes, this risk this list takes into account future yeah, like sure. resale value, mm-hmm. which Jack McGlynn still doesn't have the most future resale value on the Union because that's gonna go to Paxton. Yep. Um. You can't put someone who started every game but one for a team that is has the best defense in the league and yeah. could win the supporter shield out of the top ten. Like you just can't. That being said, I agree with I, I agree with every word you just said, Chuck. But Leon Flock has been the worst midfielder. <laughs> He has. No, I'm in not. the union starting lineup all season long. And I'm not I I understand you saying the recent bias. Justin's breaking I get the that. hearts of dozens I, of teenage girls. Listen, I get that, but Jack McGlynn yeah, might be the second best midfielder the union have right now. And I understand that they hey, haven't no. maybe second? third. Third. Okay. Okay. I'll get. Yeah. I'll, seconds. I'll give you seconds, bro. You man. take. You know. take the. I'll, you take order, the points. Order, order. <laughs> you Justin take the points of the. You take the points of the diamond, and then brother. you put Jack McGlynn. But it's I. I don't have a problem with Jack McGlynn at ten. What I have a problem with is Paxton Aronson, one being on the list for his performance this year, and two uh-huh. being above Leon Flock. I don't care well, where yeah, Leon I mean, Flock's on the list. He should be on the list. I don't think he should be above Paxton Ayr- or below Paxton Aronson. And I agree with you because, like, my I mean, my first gripe in our group chat was how in the hell is Pax over Leon? Yeah. It's just that with, just, even if you only thought about what Leon Flock's defensive contributions are to this team, I think that over the course of the entire season and how many games we would have lost if other midfielders were starting games in his place when Jack McGlynn wasn't ready to start in that big first half of the season, that that alone should merit him a ranking over Jack McGlynn, even though next year, theoretically, Jack McGlynn should be number one on this list. Yeah. I mean, next I'd... year, next year, McGlynn might be starting for the union and Leon might be back in Bundesliga. Like, yeah. You know, or Jack we're at McGlynn this point, will be in Bundesliga. <laughs> we're we're at this point where like the wor- yeah, the worst union midfielder in their starters is like trying to rank your fifth favorite Avenger. Like they're all pretty good they're all pretty good in this MLS like contained yep. unit that we have with this twenty two under twenty two list. Um in regards to that, yeah, like McGlynn has been he gives MLS what they want, right? He's highlight reel. He does body. He he's got the feints. He's got the no look passing. Serves you body. He's honestly okay, we... work. <laughs> and he scores free kick goals. Like, yeah. of course they're gonna give him that nod over that. But yeah, Leon definitely deserves to be on the list, even though he's the least inspiring starting midfielder in sure. that. And I don't reading rotation. I, I... I understand that this list is not purely based on this season's output. It's based on their it should pure be. talent. I have many problems, though, <laughs> here with be. this one. Just throwing it out there. But that's why I just don't understand, like, if Pax is on the list, and you're taking this year alone, like, 
Quinn was just a good, as good at the under 23, whatever, whatever yeah. tournament. And you didn't allow, you didn't put him on the list. So like, yeah, it, why? It, it was weird. Like some of the write-ups on these kids are like strange. Cause it was like, Oh, Paxton won the gold ball at the U20s and is like really sharp off the bench. And I'm like, okay, but like, I don't know. Jaden Nelson's played like 2000 minutes in MLS. So yeah. I mean, you, if you, like, if, if you want to, um, I don't know, think about something even worse. Sure. Why the, not? the, the future candidates list. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, that's it, right. It, I mean, that one Quinn makes it and then Brandon, Brandon Craig's a midfielder on that list yep. instead of a defender, even though he's only played or in a center normal. back for yeah. both the Union and the U-20s. Um, and surprisingly, they were the only Union players to make that list when yeah. it should probably be like all of the U-2 team. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, I mean, it's... Yeah. 22 under 22, it's, it's such a weird thing because MLS has created just an absolute content goldmine with these rankings because yeah. Oh, yeah. not only are we looking for them every year, teams and players are also looking for them. And everyone always just has many complaints about how the list is compiled. Yeah. Except at least like this year, they did get number one right in yep. like their easiest number one choice ever yeah probably. but but yeah shots. like at least yeah at least if you are gonna keep jack mcglynn in the top 10 then leon flock should also be in the top 10 um We'll look to the games I had here in a second. I just want to get off real quick. I think Vagas Lanina is going to be a worse Zach Steffen. Okay. I don't think um, I've ever been like less impressed by, like, uh, oh, that guy's next guy in U.S. soccer. Well, yeah. goalkeep- I mean, goalkeepers are weird. Uh, it's hard to... I mean, even develop at the position. Cause sure. You you became concerned about Zach Steffen the second that he sat foot in the Bundesliga <laughs> and absolutely um, was terrible with Fortuna Dusseldorf. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, his play with um, Middlesbrough has been the same, if not worse, after all of these years when he was supposed to have been getting better with Manchester City. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, and similar to that, I think it's it's interesting, like the goalkeeper pool in the U.S. You know, I mean, even five years ago, six years ago, Tim Howard was the clear number one. But you had Brad Guzan, who was winning stuff with Atlanta or being good with Atlanta. You had, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the years when Sean Johnson and Bill Hamid were going to be the next ones up, yep. they were winning. They, you know, their teams in MLS were good and like doing things, doing things well in MLS. And I think that's why I, I'm, I have, I I still think Zach Steffen might be a touch better than Matt Turner, but at least Matt Turner was winning stuff with new England, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when he was there. And so, yeah, I just, it's going to be Greg Barhalter has quite the decision to make. With those guys, because you have Zach Steffen, who's definitely underperforming, maybe underperforming, or maybe that's just how good he is at Middlesbrough. You have Matt Turner sitting on the bench at Arsenal. And, like, beyond that, you got a bunch of kind of mediocre, not World Cup starting keeper-worthy folks to choose from. Ethan so. Horvath is fine. Mm-hmm. I was just about to say, like, have we reached the point that he's not even being considered? Not even a little bit? I Yeah, I, I'm annoyed that Sean Johnson is even in this camp. But Nah. Nah, get him out. His own goal against he Cincinnati should have, well, eliminated him. Should have just, yeah, no, but I mean, literally, like, yeah. he was just not paying attention, and then Oof. Yeah. And I, well, and the other thing I was going to say about keepers too, that I didn't say there was the interesting thing about Selena is you like, 
you never know. And goalkeepers hit their prime like five years later than everybody else. You know, like you can already tell in a lot of 18 year olds field players, if they're going to be good or not. That's why we're talking about Jack McGlynn and Pax and Quinn and whatever, because you can already tell whether they're going to be good or not at that age. The problem with keepers is generally they're going to hit their prime or when they're really good little bit probably more like 24 25 26 and so selena i'm just like okay well give me three years and then let's see where he is and then we'll talk about him you know um so that's kind of my thing where's he playing in three years vitesse again yeah somewhere goofy um if they want to fix the goalkeeper problem. They should just elect Andre Blake Mayer of Philadelphia, and then that would get him on the dual citizenship track, and that'd be mm-hmm. like real cool. That'd be oh, real oh, cool yeah. beans. He did Corey win Burke an award could say today. Something, like Corey Burke could say something, and we'd be like, "That's rich. Goodbye." He's playing for us. But Andre oh. Blake did win an award today. Was it the the uh, Wanamaker? Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, be- awesome. beating out beating out Joel Embiid and Bryce Harper in Philadelphia is uh, pretty wild, pretty impressive. So yeah, take yeah. what we can get there. Well, if you take the success of their respective teams, yeah. it was a clear decision. It was a an clear educated decision, <laughs> yeah, one that educated. Philadelphia makes all the time, and maybe the only. <laughs> I mean, there's might be a couple of players on the Eagles who could have something to say about that, but too soon. Name, name, too soon. Th- <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, Evan. Yep. Speaking of naming things, take us away. Uh, I will. Next game in the league. I, I don't really. The friendly is cool, but whatever. Um, but we don't care. Yeah. I'm not there to do the VAR. Therefore, these calls won't matter. Yeah, uh, Charlotte coming up. I guess it also. The, yeah. I mean, it'll be nice to watch like seventy-five minutes of Chris Donovan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see the. I want to see these guys work, man. Like they, they should use this as a great opportunity. Hey, using it as a great opportunity. Opportunity to clinch the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Uh, October first, five thirty p.m. start time, which is goofy. Uh, against Charlotte FC at Bank of America Stadium. Uh, they've been good, and they'll have guys playing for, well, they've been fine, and they'll have guys playing for contracts here the last couple weeks, so that's always a little bit of a tricky thing to feel out, because you're fighting for food on your table or fighting for, you know, seating, uh, basically. Um, but I don't, I don't think the union run in the, a whole lot of trouble here. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's their first game in that massive stadium. Mm-hmm. Are they going to sell out that stadium Doubt it. when the Union come to town? Doubt it. No, that's not going to be a pull for any fans around there. More than, uh, I would say, in the 40,000s range, as opposed yeah, to what they can hold in there, 73, 72. I believe it's something close like that. Um, yeah, then you should win this game, and it should kind of just be an easy decision day for us. I mean, no, decision day is not going to be easy. We're not at decision day yet. No, you're right. I'm just and saying, if they like, win this game, decision day would be really easy because we wouldn't be playing for a whole lot other than potentially making Toronto's life uncomfortable, but I don't even think we could do that necessarily. What are you talking about? They a would be playing trophy. for a whole... You'd be playing oh, for I, a trophy I mean, on yeah, decision day. I, yeah, yeah, depending. I mean, yeah, if it's... uh, but but regardless, yeah. the Charlotte game. This they, they can't overthink this. This yep. isn't Atlanta on turf. This is Charlotte on grass. It's this is manageable. Charlotte, Charlotte still employs Christian Fuchs in defense, and their entire defense is bad. Um, reigning MLS player of the week, Carol Swiderski is going to get absolutely locked up by the union defense. And uh, yeah, so I'm not super concerned about Charlotte just because the way that they play, um, 
unfortunately does lead to them playing right into the union's hands because they want to do fun things with possession that the second that it's broken up, there's very easy counters and lots of goals to be had. And if you are making the travel to Charlotte, show up to the stadium and say hello to Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers. I'm not going down to that game. I'm I'm not traveling to Charlotte. And I'm real upset about it. I wanted to say hi to the traveling fans. But um but he I might don't be think there. Anybody's actually traveling to that game. Yeah, I, don't, you know, I have a few teammates who are traveling there, to that yeah, game. Yeah, there actually are some people not coming to our to actual that. soccer game, which I'm really okay with. Because they're going to ride the bench for the rest of the season. Nah, I love oh, those okay. guys. You're Safe travels, guy. Justin and Justin. I have mm. two Justins on my team, Justin. There you go. What's the third? I don't... What? What? I don't know. <laughs> it, well, if you got Justin, this Justin, that'd be three. Then you'd be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm not driving out to Philly every week to play soccer. So. To run around for a little bit. Oh, are you sure? We're not going to pay you. Great. Then I'm definitely <laughs> not reimbursed. Yeah. Um, no, I. I mean, this game. This game should not be a. Uh, it should not be a hard game. No. You know how people like to casually say that this might be a trap game. Don't say yeah. that with this game. We just it's had not. one. Well, we just had. Yeah. 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 Th- we, yeah. Had, we, we did that one last. We just, we just had a trap game. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, I, then, I, would, I do yeah. hope in some sense that last week just reminded everybody in the Philadelphia Union organization that you have not won the Supporters Shield yet. You have not won MLS Cup yet. And you still have to play these games. So, like, don't forget that you got to play these games still. Um, and hopefully the LAFC string of weird results will continue and... By the time we play Toronto, we'll still have a chance to win Supporters Shield. That'd be nice. Yeah, and then the ninth against Toronto. Uh, are they doing the thing where all those games that Sunday start at the same time? 2.30? East and West. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, so East that. starts hey. at 2.30 and West starts at 4.30 or 5 or something. Okay. Which is very annoying in this case since the only thing that might be being played for that's of serious relevance is between the East and West. Yeah. They should have just, well, cause I figured two. no, it would have had to have been like four 30, I guess. Cause I was like, Oh, two 30 is a weird enough time in the East coast that all games might kick off at the same time. But then I realized it's an early start for the 11, West coast. LAFC is playing at 1130 in the morning. Kind of cool. Makes, but whatever. Bring your mimosas to the game. Uh, hey, yeah. let, you know, stranger <laughs> things have happened. Um, but and- also just why? Why are they doing that on a Sunday? Uh, yeah, do it. Sad. LA residents like, will uh, do that on a Wednesday. No, but, no, no, no. He's but, talking about the no, but I, I, yeah, uh, yeah, not mimosas yeah. to the eleven o'clock meeting. Yeah, no, we don't. That, that no, part that's that's checks. that's amazing. Like, yeah, do that. Yeah. Um, but just MLS has <laughs> already that, lost enough enough ratings to the NFL. Yeah, and then are doing the most important by their metrics, day of the year, right up against it. Yeah. Should they put it on Saturday, or what's the I don't think it really matters. I don't think it really matters what day you put it on, because college football Saturday. Because of the time of year it is, I guess. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but I'd rather go against college football than the NFL. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, USL, or hey, MLS, if we were doing this in June... We wouldn't have to compete against either one of them. No, no we just all get heat stroke. Yeah, yeah, we don't die. Yeah, um, yeah, but that game should be another interesting one. Um, I'm, yeah, I, I don't like, I did, uh, I really don't like playing Toronto on that final day. It used to be they're, Columbus every year, and that always sucks. I mean, they're they're a terrible team. With three really good attackers, so again, it should be a comprehensive union win because if anyone, if any team in MLS can stop European level attackers with ease, it is the union. But like, that's just not not the team that you want to play 
when the chips are down, especially when like Bob Bradley can essentially hand a trophy to his former team. Yeah, I don't. I would I mean, hope that's not on his mind. <laughs> I would hope that's not on his mind. I would also like. I don't know that Toronto's good enough to do that. <laughs> I mean, I think. Well, that's the thing. That, but from every game that we've seen, it's not that Toronto's good enough to do anything. It's just that Insigne and Bernadeschi are good enough to mm-hmm. make some very weird things happen, and on decision day. Weird things happen. I mean, I I get that. I'm just saying I don't know that. Like, yes. I mean, I, I get what you're yeah, saying. I just because think I, the, yeah. if the union have the supporter shield on the line that day, I have a hard time seeing this version of the Philadelphia Union fall apart. And I under I understand. Yep. That's I understand. the thing. I don't. We've yeah, got no I don't. Th- I don't think that. Yeah. It's that they don't have to fall apart to potentially lose to Toronto. Like, they can do everything right and still just a moment of magic, poof. Um, I do at least think that I I really do believe in Portland, Um, unfortunately, with their ownership and all that based on earlier conversations that we've had in this podcast. Mm-hmm. But I do think that Portland the takes players. some points off of LAFC. Yeah. Yes. The people will actually matter and yeah. <laughs> um, take some points guy. off of LAFC in this upcoming week yep. and make the union's job a little bit easier. Yeah, Toronto's also won four and two in their last seven games. I just, when it comes to like having to face a team that has been as hot as Philadelphia has and the glaring defensive errors in Toronto, Mm -hmm. this looks like four two, and the second one will be like a oh yay good job goal. But like by then, it's gonna be too. It's gonna be too late. What have all of these years done to your ability to worry? I don't. I'm not. Uh, I'm just not. I'm on a new medication program. Paul's just trying to keep keep it wavy for the end of the season. You know, vibes, vibes. We're all about the vibes. I mean, if you want to look at who. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, just, I'm actually just looking at seeing who Toronto's wins are against this year. No they, one for a while. Well, but okay, DC... <laughs> Did DC, you reach the archives yet? <laughs> so they've beaten DC, NYCFC, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. Chicago, Atlanta, Charlotte, Nashville, Portland, and Charlotte again. So That is not convincing! And I mean, they were already beat us include? once this season. So. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. Not convincing, but who did they beat already? Us. So. That eh. is not the point. All right. All right. <laughs> Don't use my ideas against me. That's not nice. Okay. I'm going to block you on Twitter now. Hey, if you want to block Paul on Twitter at VFDBPod, we'll let you know what his uh, uh, personal ad is. But don't is, block that account. Don't block the pod. Block Paul's personal. Just DM us. We'll send it. If only Evan was my friend enough to know my handle off the top of his head. I'm going to keep driving, baby. I'm, nope, I'm honestly surprised redacted. that I haven't blocked you on Twitter yet. I'm Me? I'm thinking about it right now after being told that I didn't remember what it was when it was just oh, a Thanks, Justin. Or Paul. I don't. Who are you? It's okay. Um, I'm not going to watch. Sorry, I said the name of the person that I want to talk to on this podcast, not the person that I was actually <laughs> talking to on this podcast. Whoopsies. Uh, uh, just throwing matches so, at bridges. Yeah. yeah. Hey, speaking of, uh, anyone with any final thoughts before we, we get out of here? I suppose. Um. Well, we still theoretically had a couple more things, like uh, 
Mark McKenzie's back in the national yeah, team picture. that guy. Remember him? There, enough injuries have happened yeah. that um, they've remembered that, <laughs> hey. oh, there's this other center back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Former MLS 22-22 in 2019. Why do I know that? Because I opened that earlier today. <laughs> and I went, wait a minute. He's not on this team anymore. Uh, that was a fun list. That was a fun list. Uh, yeah, Mark's back in the national team. Um, that's cool. Good for good for him. And Brendan Wright re- started the World Cup, so you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Those realistically, like this is his camp to really like show out that he can handle the main international camp. You know, yeah, he's I done mean, it at every other youth level. Yeah. I mean, he'll oh, be wait. there. He'll be on the World Cup team. It's whether yeah, he I starts mean, those games or not. I, it's. I hope so. I, based. I mean, based on minutes played, I find it very hard to not see Brendan starting on the wing in the first game for the World Cup. Uh, uh, he's going to split time with Gio Reyna, but I, I think he starts the first game. Um, and no, this is not going insane that Pulisic isn't going to start no matter how terrible his book excerpts have been because he's going to start no matter what. Um, but like these, I mean, these next two games are massive for Mark McKenzie. Like, cause at so far in his U S national team career, He's frankly looked overmatched. Um, and he's, and against like Japan and Saudi Arabia, those are teams that know how to attack. So if he's able to keep up with them on the counter, like there's, there's realistically enough room for him to win a starting spot over Aaron Long, who's the presumed starter heading into the World Cup right now especially since no one else who can really compete with him is there. And Eric Palmer Brown has been a right-sided center back on a back three. So it's like, he's got to perform in these next two games or not go to Qatar. Even though not going to Qatar isn't a terrible thing, it is a terrible thing for um, a member of the U.S. (laughs) soccer team. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is the epitome of like what he needs to do right now. I, it's never been this wide open for him to get like onto a World Cup roster. It's never been this open for two <laughs> Union guys to get onto a World Cup roster. Yeah, but one's already there. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, people are saying some stuff, you know. Really, Brendan Aronson would literally saying... need to get hurt to not make the World Cup roster. Yeah. He's a system fit, Paul, and that's and, all. That and matters. I feel like, and, I, and honestly, I feel like if he got hurt, Jordan Berhalter would find a way to call Leon Flock up. I mean, it would just be the next best system. <laughs> Triple G is like the Bill yeah, Belichick broke of this podcast. Of okay, I'm done. I'm anyway, done. Yep, great. Um, <laughs> thanks for coming. We'll talk to you in a playoff edition of the podcast in a couple of weeks at VFTB Pod. If you need anything, tell us how much we're wrong again or whatever. Um, and yeah, it sucks that a couple of Union alumni are going to be in the World Cup because no one will buy those kits. So sorry to hear that. Bring back Bedoya. What? No, not for that. Oh okay. my. Paul's word. Gone. Anyway, Goodbye. thanks for listening. Sorry about that. We'll talk to you soon. You have just listened to an episode of Season 4 of Views from the Bridge. You can find us all over the internet, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at VFTBPod. Thanks to our sponsors, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. We're also sponsored by Robbie over at Icarus FC. Icarus will make the custom kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Get started at IcarusFC.com. Do you enjoy the show and want to support us? There are two ways. You can head to Design Tree at dsgntree.com slash VFTB for all of our latest merch. Or you can just buy us a coffee or beer at Ko-Fi. Ko-Fi.com slash VFTBpod. Thanks for your listening and your support.
Views from the Bridge is also a podcast of the Beautiful Game Network at bgn.fm. Head over there to find all kinds of soccer, writing, content, and other podcasts. For Evan Villela, Chuck Booth, and Paul Catrino, I'm Justin Ashcraft, signing off.